Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Um, I had a really eventful weekend. I actually want to talk today about expectations, and I'm going to use some of the activities that happened on the weekend as some examples. We all have expectations. They are ingrained in us, um, and they come from a variety of sources, whether it's nature, nurture, a lesson we learned, some emotional um, reaction we may be having. So one of the things I'm going to ask you to do today, uh, now and at the end of this podcast, is I'm going to ask you to ask yourself about your expectations in your life. You might even want to go home and create a bit of a, um, a list on this. And sorry, I've got to get a new chair for podcasting because I know this uh, squeakiness comes through a lot and I apologize for that, guys. We have these expectations, business, work, life, and some of them are very unconscious. In fact, I'm going to share a story with you today about something that happened to me that was very negative. Uh, I, I was just behaving poorly not even realizing that I had an expectation that had been adjusted for, I don't know, for whatever reason. I'll share it with you and you can you can come to your own conclusions. So this past weekend, it was this lovely, my eldest niece on my side of the family got married. And she's married a lovely man. Uh, Jono is just, um, he's uh, very quiet. I do have to, except when he's on the dance floor. It is funny when you see someone out of the environment to which you've known them. I married a man with very little communication skills. Jono's worse. He actually can't speak. Like he, you have to, it is like drawing out, pulling teeth with him. So he's this, definitely the strong silent type. But you get him on a dance floor, he sings to the top of his lungs to the songs and dances like a fool. I just, I loved it. It was so, because I'm married to a guy that dances and they're both big men. And I got to say, they can move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, that was them on Saturday night. It was great. But I digress. Back to motive, expectations. So it was interesting seeing uh, seeing everything go on. Now, as with any family wedding, there's going to be drama. I have a niece, and actually I have three nieces. Actually, I have an entire household of nieces and nephews on both sides of the family that live with a lot of expectations of what their parents quote-unquote owe them. Kind of drives me nuts, but whatever. I've got my own son. I raised him. He probably has his own expectations. Uh, I have mine. We all have our thing. The question is, why do we have those attitudes? Now, I'm actually re-recording this podcast because my first one got a little bit too personal. And my family does listen to this podcast, so I didn't want to be throwing anybody under the bus. But at the same token, everyone knows I podcast now, and if uh, that's the deal, you know, what I experience probably is going to get shared with the world. So friends and family are sort of aware of that now. They're like, oh, careful, Shelly could podcast this. Yes, Shelly probably will. Uh, Because they're great learning life experiences. Like this is, these are the experiences that we pull out of our life, that I pull out of my life, that I'm able to, to teach you to help you. Because I want you to change your mind, not live in regret, open your mind, open your awareness, be aware. Just flip and be aware. I actually, on a bit of a segue, I got into a conversation with one of uh, Brilly's uh, guests 
they are my sisters really my sister's got these three or four very very close friends and that is her life she's actually she's not an ex a super extrovert like i am angie's very very extroverted in her comfort zone but not in front of strangers so angie and i my sister and i when we go used to go out in public together when we were younger we were first of all we're maniacs um we've actually had waiters dance on a table for us yeah we're rather too uh we're rather too um persuasive redheads when we were younger uh however that being said I, I would just go into a room of 100 people not know anybody and just strike up a conversation my sister's like don't you leave my side i don't know anybody here so do you see we we seem very similar but we react very differently to certain situations i have noticed this next last generation or this this next generation we talk about the millennials and we talk about how entitled they are and blah 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 well guess what parents they didn't get that way on their own it is time to own up to uh, the responsibility of the fact that we're the one raising this generation. And if this generation is useless and, um, what's the word I'm looking for, entitled, they're only that way because we made them that way. They didn't come out of the womb going, well, you know what, I'm going to grow up to be a 21-year-old that expects everything from my parents and I get to spend all my money on booze and vacations and pretty clothes, but I don't want to pay rent. Well, do you know what? You're not born with that attitude. You're taught that attitude. So we really do have to own up and recognize what we are doing to this next generation. We all have expectations. Now, I watched a little bit of uh, Bridezilla drama unfold the last couple of weeks with my family. My niece's she has very high expectations and entitlement when it comes to my to my sister and her her husband and unfortunately a little bit my sister has a tough time telling Brilly no she really should have done that a lot more <laughs> from about the time she hit 14 but she doesn't and you know what i'm not going to go into all that drama that's that's their personal stuff but when you have that bit of dichotomy and the, that, that interaction, there's going to be issues. There's going to be maybe a little lack of appreciation. There's going to be a little self-centeredness. There's going to be a little feeling victim. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff comes as an end result of something that we didn't do right in the first place. So the wedding was spectacular. My sister and my other two nieces, my, my eldest niece's sisters, they did her proud. No matter how many bridezilla moments she had and all the breakdowns, they never let that for one moment deter from the day. They never let it, they never got spiteful about it. They never made an issue of it. There might be a few hurt feelings now that it's all over saying, you know, it would have been nice if this was maybe a bit more appreciated or, you know what, that's family dichot, that's family stuff and every family is the same. My family is not unique. We all have dysfunction. We all have drama. Um, sorry, right? I'm trying to podcast and all my cat wants to do is walk all over my keyboard and my mic. It's like animals. They're kind of like children. Why do we have them again? <laughs> Just kidding. So we have someone to love and to carry on our legacy. That's why we have pets and children. But they have to be trained. Now, unfortunately, my cat's not quite as trainable as my dog to stay off my flipping desk. Uh, but we we are responsible to raise functioning adults. It is a completely psychological, chemical, physical fact that the brain of a teenager isn't firing on all cylinders, okay? They've done the mapping, we have the technology, and yet we are giving our youth no boundaries, no restrictions, no guidelines. 
we don't say no to them. We, you know, especially that those of us that were raised by the post-war parents, where everything was strict and no, we swung the pendulum so far the other to the other side. As far as I'm concerned, that now that we're t- we're teaching these kids that they can just do what they want, spend what they want, and that we will cover it all, and they don't have to have gratitude. And well, you know what? Yes, they do. They do because when your children leave our care, they've got to go out into the real world. And let me tell you. No one's given them a pat on the back for being late for work, for not doing their job. Their mortgage company or their uh, landlords don't care when they can't pay their rent about, you know, if they're feeling hurt or distraught that day. Nobody cares. They have responsibilities and they need to live up to them. And that's just not happening in a lot of cases. I watch a lot of it. I really feel there's going to be a little bit of a an issue here with one of this next generation if we are keeping our kids at home and letting them live for free while we still go to work every day, and I had to put my foot down. We had to put our foot down with our son years ago, and he was in college, taking barely three courses, wasn't working, and living like a slob in my basement. Like, yeah, no. Keith just said, yeah, that's not happening. Your mom goes to work every day, and uh, you need to get out of your butt to work, school full-time, or you're out of the house. Hot, tough love? Darn straight, because let me tell you how tough love worked down the road when he got married and they couldn't survive nine months because life was I was a bit of a hard ass and life was even harder than my hard assness okay um just kind of the deal life is difficult they're gonna have bad teachers they're gonna have bad bosses and if we keep rescuing them every single time that life throws them a curveball they are learning no coping mechanisms they are learning to expect an easy ride and they're learning to expect that they don't have to pay the bills before they spend their money at the bar well it's funny because uh when it comes time with my son has more expendable income than i did and uh i'm the one going to work and he's living at home for free that ended immediately that ended because we are doing them no favors whatsoever. And then what happens after the fact is when they behave exactly how they were raised, we get our feelings hurt because we didn't dam- uh, damn sorry, we didn't demand respect in our own homes. We didn't teach them about money. We didn't teach them about responsibility. We didn't teach them how to cope in an unfair situation, to take a loss. It really just kind of goes on and on. Now, expectations are something that are, are built through a variety of inputs. They could be literally something. Maybe you've just decided them on their own. I'm sure some of this is a nature. You know, we're just born with our minds wired a certain way. But then there's our life experiences. Now, in my sister's house, I am going to throw my sister under the bus a little bit, and hopefully she'll find it funny because we all know it's true, so I think she knows it's true. We've all had this discussion at one time or another over a glass of wine. My nieces all knew if they asked mom seven times, she would say yes. No, 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 no. Fine. Okay, she caved. That's how she rolled when the kids were younger. And the kids learned it very, very quickly. Your pets learn it. Your children learn it. We learn. It's like managing a spouse, okay? I'm sure there's a million husbands out there that manage their wives emotional. My husband manages me quite well. Well, I manage him just fine as well. He's got an ego that I have to, you know, make sure I don't tromp all over because he gets all defensive and... Do you know what? If you want peace in your home, we all learn to manage. It is just what happens. But in our younger life, if we keep having our lives managed to the point where we don't learn to cope, we never will. 
or we'll go out into the world and crash and burn. We're going to crash out of school. I've watched kids go to university, flunk out of the first year, um, get their first jobs, get fired, get themselves all racked up in credit card debt their first couple years out of the house because no one taught them how to, that they had to pay their rent and the utility bills and their house insurance, their renter's insurance, whatever, first and then go to the bar and go clothes shopping and go on vacation and away for the weekend. We develop expectations based a large part on our upbringing and the stimuli to which we're exposed to around us. So that's why I ask you to ask yourself, when you get home tonight maybe, it might be time to make a list and look at your life. And your life for most people, um, maybe you're not married yet, but most people are in some sort of relationship, even if it's a close friendship. Uh, You've got your friendships, you've got your job, you've got your marriage, your children, you've got your schooling. What are your expectations in those situations? And are you managing those expectations? And do you know why you have those expectations? Awareness is, I talk about it so much because I just want people to be aware. Awareness brings so much peace to your life. Now, I used to struggle emotionally because my family used to make fun of me a lot and it hurt because I felt they were attacking me all the time. Whether they were or weren't is really irrelevant. Uh, We've come to terms with it in my later years, but I'm quite sensitive. And I just kind of used to take things way too personally. Now in my life, I am very clear about a lot about my personality. In fact, I had a a girlfriend say to me the other day, and I found it to be a great compliment. She says, Shelly, one of the things I love most about you is your awareness of both your strengths and your weaknesses. You need to be aware You need to be aware in order to not infringe your weaknesses on everybody uh, or maybe you need to compensate or work around but the world shouldn't be paying for your lack of awareness okay so if you could ask yourself in every major area of your life what are your expectations from this person from this situation from this deal now you if you listen to my podcast the other day I spoke on how I have managed to offend one of my closest friends and she quit on me being my cleaning lady Well, do you know what? I have no one to blame but myself in that situation. And what I needed to, we both needed to do, uh, really in that as well, what part of the problem was, is we were not clear on our expectations of each other. She had one thought, and it was very different from mine. I thought we had an agreement that was quite clear when we started, and it sort of morphed into something else. Uh, Then some, you know, poor health. We both suffer with poor health, so that kind of, plays into our energy levels and such day in and day out. So we were not managing each other's expectations of the situation. And when I needed to clarify some things and, and, uh, and be clear on what my expectations were and that they weren't being met, I handled it poorly. I communicated it poorly and I hurt her feelings. And she in turn has not really had a moment. She had an emotional reaction and she knee jerked. I know, I know this, she knows she's done it. I've done it myself so many times in my life. And unfortunately, when you are not aware, and even as aware as I try and be, I still do this, we need jerk emotionally when expectations are not met. And a lot of people, like for instance, I have a father that just cannot handle confrontation at all, at all. He will disown you or cut you out of his life before having an argument in order to settle something. 
Like that is such poor communication skills. And I didn't recognize that about my father when I was growing up until I got to be older. Well, now that I'm aware of it, I really, I don't get my feelings hurt by him like that anymore. In fact, usually I just get in his face now and tell him the way it's going to be sometimes. And it's not like disrespectful. It's just, you know, dad, that's just not going to happen. Like, I love you, and we are going to talk about this. And he just hates every minute of it. Now, my dad's got dementia now, so unfortunately, there are things in our lives that maybe will never, ever again get to be discussed because he is simply just not cognitive enough to, to have those moments. But we almost had a breakdown at the wedding over a few things throughout the, the, the whole day. Stuff happened. What I tend to be good at is talking people off the ledge especially if I'm not emotionally vested. Now, my family and I have had some huge issues over the years, and I had to detach myself from them when I was quite young in order to survive because I wasn't coping. I had expectations, simply were not being met, and everyone has to have coping mechanisms. My sister managed her, did her coping mechanism one way, I did mine. Because of that, there's that little less as I got older and that and that divide kind of stayed in place. I am not as emotionally attached now, still way more than I should be. My son gets after me all the time. Mom, you're always so emotionally attached in the outcome. He's right, but nothing compared to what I used to be like. So when a situation like Saturday happens and I'm watching the bride melt down for a minute and I'm watching my dad melt down and then I'm watching my sister later in the evening melt down from sheer exhaustion, my poor sister, that's where I'm able to actually walk in and be quite calm, address the situation, the true pain, not the band-aid of what the issue is, the true pain, and just kind of talk everyone off the shelf. Usually solve a problem. I'm quite good at that. And it's, it's funny because one of the bridesmaids says, we know Annie Shelley, that's what you do. Um, the bride forgot to go in and make her appointment to get her dress bustled. So she had no idea how to bustle her dress once she got to the reception hall. And there she is with a four-foot train out the back and it's first dance and it's like... Oh my gosh! And I'm like, okay, everyone breathe. Let's now. Luckily, I went home. Now, this is so funny. I'm segueing here. I, when we we came home from the between the wedding and the reception, because the church is two blocks from our from our house. My niece actually got married in my little Lutheran church, and it was it was just lovely. Well, as we're leaving the ceremony, it starts to rain. Now, my husband and I do live on a, a property that has huge cedar trees. So that canopy would give at least the bride and the bridal party some protection from the rain. And we had this rug that we just literally had from, from another party for the kids that I could lay out on the ground, even the grass. We didn't care if it got wet. We just didn't care at this pro moment. We needed to solve a problem. And literally... The bride was in boots because her the girls were all in cute dresses, but cowboy boots. It was really cute, and we literally just lifted her dress. She walked out onto the rug, we and we we just kept her there, umbrellas over everything until we got all the shots we needed. It was great. You got you got a problem. We need to solve it. So you know what? That's kind of how Keith and I roll, and that's was sort of our contribution to the situation. But I'm only able to do that quite honestly, because I'm a little bit emotionally detached. I was not in the day-to-day -day planning of the last three months of this wedding. Uh, my sister and her girlfriends and the other families, members from the, the, the groom and such, I assume, kind of took on a lot of this responsibility. And I wasn't really asked for much and for really for anything until the wedding actually hit. Then it's like you can just see the need and you just step in. You know, we're at quarter to one in the morning. We're still at the hall helping clean up. And, you know, that's where my husband just kind of steps in and, and gets it done. I'm just sort of there watching, observing, and seeing where I can help. So because we had to come home and now I've done this wedding um, photography thing with my niece, I'm a wreck. You know, my hair is ruined. I, I slipped out of my dress and threw on a raincoat. 
So I've got to get re-ready anyways, which means now I also have time to pack what I call the wedding essential go bag. And I kind of had to laugh because people laughed at me. They just like, okay, of course you do, Shelly. But I wasn't at that wedding 30 seconds and something in that bag was needed and it was needed four times throughout that wedding <laughs> reception, I have to laugh, including when the bride came to me with, we don't know how to bustle the dress. <clears throat> Excuse me. My sister is the mother of the bride. She's got a room to work. That's not my job. I've already married off my son. And so it's kind of my job as her sister now to just sort of kind of step in. And that's what family does. And sure enough, I packed all these big pins because unfortunately on my wedding, Keith's eldest niece stepped on my gown and, and ripped my bustling out. So you know what? So there we all were panicked in a bathroom trying to, and my gown had this huge heavy silk train. Luckily, my, my niece's dress was very, um, uh, diaph how does, what is that word? It was very kind of frilly, so it wasn't super heavy. Uh, so we were, I, w I knew that I could pin it up if I had to, but as we were lucky enough, the, they just didn't know what they were looking for. I knew what to look for and we bustled it up and, and away we went. But it was just kind of funny because Annie Shelley's got the emergency go bag. But also people expect that from me. So we're sitting at the table and the MC's asking for weird crap out of your purse, your bag, your pockets in order to eat next. And everyone at my table's like, Shelly will have that. <laughs> I actually had three of the things, but I couldn't find them fast enough before someone else did. But I had that paper clip. <laughs> so it was really just kind of fun. And you just kind of step in. You diffuse the situations. Do not throw fuel on a fire, people. We throw flame retardant on fires, okay? We calm the situation down. If you don't have the ability to calm a situation down, then step the freak out, okay? Because really, there are expectations on a wedding day probably that the bride's going to be a bit of a bridezilla. It's going to be all about her. Um, that's just the deal. Everyone else just shut your mouth because it's one day in her life and unless she's being completely like a complete psycho, uh, everyone just be quiet because we'll all get through it and this too shall pass. Life is like that. Life is very much like that. So ex expectations, what do you have? Why do you have them? Where are they not serving you? Now, my sister, to a certain extent, really didn't have the backbone with my that particular child growing up to put her in her place. Not sure what the emotional background is there. Probably needs years of therapy. But my sister tries to please my niece all the time. And my niece doesn't show a lot of gratitude and appreciation for it. Sometimes she does at the end. She'll come back at the end and she'll buy you something or I'm sorry. But when she's going through it, she has very little control over her temper. And they kind of share that actually. And th the fight is on. Now, why is that expectation there? My niece has certain expectations because my sister kind of never stood up to her. So do you see where I'm taking that step back? You know when I talk about my one, three, five rules about taking steps back and, and being five steps backwards, having no more than three options, always five consequences of an action. There are reasons that I live by this code as much as I can. No one's perfect. Uh, and why I advise people and coach people on this. Because there is usually a reason for a reaction. So... Does my niece have unreasonable expectations? Oh, yes. There's no one that knows our family that does not realize that our girls have a lot of expectations. But they were trained to have those expectations by us as parents and family. As an aunt, I'm probably no better. I spoiled them. Um, Uncle Keith spoils them. Their parents spoiled them. My grand, my parents spoil them. Uh, all these grandkids, actually. My mother and father. My mother was half the problem. A lot of just, you know, just no boundaries 
And then we wonder why our kids grow up and they expect and expect and expect because they've never been told no, no, no. No is a very important word. And the new generation of parents that are out there and don't want to tell their toddlers no, it's like, really? Because yeah, no one wants a hellion in their homes, okay? If your children are so misbehaved that no one wants them over, that's not a reflection on the children or of your friends that don't want your crazy kids over. It's a reflection on you as a parent. Get a backbone and get the training done. Okay, sorry. I'm a little blunt on that one. But we as a generation are, and I really had to deal with this in my own life, had to put my own foot down with our son on occasion to say, hey, you know what? I go to work every day. You are not going to live a better life than me. Like that isn't going to happen because I'm the one earning it. So we will help you where we can. I've taught him about money. I've spoken about this before. Our family, there are assets that need to be managed that would be passed down generation to generation. These things need to be taught. But gratitude needs to be taught as well. And responsibility needs to be taught. And if we keep just catering to our children and creating these millennials that aren't creating and aren't contributing and aren't showing gratitude and no one wants them to work for them because they're just a pain, um, who do we have to blame? It's not the kids' fault, guys. Like we want, everyone always wants to put their blame on someone else when someone has an expectation that is outside of what they consider their realm of reality. Well, guess what? Your kids have expectations because you taught them to. If you're in a work situation, if you don't control your workforce and they have start getting expectations that are sort of above and beyond the norm, then you weren't doing your job as a boss. So the question is, what do you want as expectations in your own life? And what do you want your children's expectations to be? Because you need to be conscious about that and make a choice and then live that choice. I hope that's making sense to us today. I know it's kind of a heavy subject. And actually, like I say, I had to re-record this because I got way too personal in the first one. And that's just really not fair to everybody. Now, everyone in my life knows I podcast and they know that when things go on, there's a good chance it's going to hit my podcast the next day or that next week. But I still have to have respect and courtesy for people's private lives and not air it all over the world <laughs> um, for everyone to hear, even though there's some great lessons. So I don't want the lesson to be lost here. And that's why I'm using sort of my niece's wedding and the, the situation with my own family, because I know my family. It's what I know. Our own experiences are based on what we know and what we experience. So like I say, it's just one of those days you might want to go home and make a list in the evening. Are you struggling in a certain area of your life? Are you not being treated a way you want to be treated? Do you feel you're being ripped off or you're being taken advantage of? Are you living in victim? Nine times out of 10, when you're living in victim, it's because you're living with expectations that either aren't realistic, aren't realistic for the person or circumstance to which you're putting that expectation on, or you're not clear on why you have that expectation in the first place. So if you could do a little work and get clear on why you have certain expectations on certain things, you might find it easier to change your mind because without awareness, there's no mind changing. There's no, there's no making a different decision if you're not clear on the, that you've made a decision and on what that decision is in the first place. Okay, so that's sort of the point I'm just trying to make here is that we usually are setting ourselves up ourselves because of a misplaced um, expectation, whether we learnt it at the knees of our parents or we went into a relationship or we went into a job or a friendship, whatever that may be, 
we usually, quite honestly, develop these expectations subconsciously. They are not something that the average person says, hey, I expect this from this, this, and this because I'm choosing to do that. No, we're usually experiential in our in our situations and then we develop these attitudes. Now, I was just going to make a, um, use an example there. I remember what it was. My son, when he was in his very early 20s and we had first moved into the new home that we had built. Now, our son helped us not at all with that. In fact, our neighbors didn't realize we even had a practically grown son. Because his attitude was, little, I'll use the expression, little shit, uh, sorry. He was going through his selfish, late teens, rebellion stage. He was also dealing with a mental illness that he didn't realize he had and was trying to cope with all that. Then he hit his 20s. There was a, you know, a pregnancy and a marriage that he wasn't really planning on it being quite then in his life. And so there was a lot of pressure on him. But at the same token, his attitude was this was my dream and it wasn't going to affect him and it was my house, so why should he help? Because he hadn't come to the conclusion in his life yet and had not grown up enough to realize that everything that Keith and I do, his stepfather and I do, he's our only child, is his future inheritance. So he might want to just, for no other reason than perhaps greed, take an interest in what goes on in our lives. But really, we somehow lacked somewhere in the training of him that when people in the family are getting stuff done, you step in and contribute. That is just something that was just really a little bit lacking and somehow I missed that in his upbringing and just didn't drive it home enough. Now, do I get respect? Darn straight I do. I have a fabulous respect for my son and now that he's older, he has a lot of gratitude. But it took him time to come to that awareness, okay? And sometimes I had to be a hard ass, especially in his teen years when he was a little shit. I had to. He was a tough kid to raise for a few years. And Keith and I, the most amazing stepfather on the planet, really had to manage not only our expectations, but trying to alter his because his were just so... He got into gaming. We dealt with a gaming addiction and all that comes with that sort of fantasy expectation in his life. Now, he's come out the other side of it. And let me tell you, he's very aware as a parent uh, with his own daughter now about that kind of stuff, which is great. So please, again, I also don't want you beating yourself up. Remember, this podcast is about not living in regret. When you've made mistakes, when you've had circumstances in your life that you just weren't wise enough to handle, learn the lesson, move on. And I don't care if you've got family. This is where my family actually is a bit tough because my parents, they still judge us how we acted when we were 16. And to this day, there is no allowance for growing up learning. They still paint us with the same tar and feather us with the same, but you used to do this. It's like, you know what? They need to let it go. And you as parents, are you, if you're doing that to your children or even your own parents, let it go. People change. They grow. Forgive them. Move on. Quit living in that past experience of disappointment. It just makes you a victim and it just makes everybody miserable. So just really just stop it. Okay. <laughs> just, just stop it. As Bob Newhart would say in that, in that skit that he does on the, when he's the psychiatrist, just stop it. That's my advice. Pay me. You've had your 15 minutes. Just, just stop it. We all know it's not that easy, but sometimes it is that easy. Sometimes when you bring awareness, that may be very uncomfortable and very painful. That's why I always encourage people to take personal development courses and experience groups of people. It, 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 you just, you learn a huge tolerance for other points of view and things like that. 
and it will manage your expectations of situations. Let me tell you, my expectations of cer certain things in life at 51 are very different than they were at 21. Very, very different. I don't live in victim anymore, and I certainly did when I was younger. I had a lot of, some of it was just, I'm not saying justified, but it was. I had some abuse when I was in my younger years. I developed an eating disorder. I became very introvert. Um, introvert is really not quite the right word, but I very closeted, very private. I didn't talk about my issues. No one knew what was going on. I didn't share. So I'd be insulated. That's the word I'm looking for. I didn't become introverted. I became very insulated. And the whole world didn't have a clue because I'm very extroverted and I'm very out there. And probably if someone had have looked closely enough and watched some of my out of controlness and some of my issues, they would have recognized it, but no one looked, there was no one in my life that looked that closely. And I didn't have parents that were aware enough to deal with my issues. They just, they were raised how they were raised. And they weren't given the tools and had no experience to deal with what I was going through. That being said, I took those experiences into my parenting ability and I made a choice not to not be like my mother, but to be how I wanted to be and to do my best to bring a little more awareness in raising my child. Because we will go into adulthood and into our marriages and into our businesses. And if we haven't learned to manage our expectations, make sure they're healthy, make sure they're coming from a point of reality and not from sub some subconscious knee-jerking, I've been hurt or I've suffered trauma in my past type source, we're going to struggle and we're going to struggle with our business partners, with our employees. That's just how it's going to be because we are never managing our expectations from, from the beginning to say, why do I have it? Why am I expecting this? Is it reality? Are my expectations real? Now I change my mind a lot. My father considers me wishy-washy. I just feel that if I've been given more information about the situation, I'm going to change my mind. If it's, if it's, if it is a situation that requires changing my mind, I will change my mind, which means I'm not going to think like I did yesterday. Once I've experienced something, once I've changed my mind about something or gained more information, you can't go back to your previous perception because your reality has been altered. You have more information. You have a different picture. Therefore, your expectations of those situations is going to change. Okay. So that's really all I wanted to talk about today. It was a lovely wedding. There was a little bit of family drama, as there always is. Like I say, my family's no different from anybody else's. There was certainly nothing major, nothing anybody won't get over. I think my niece is, gonna in, is in for a little tough love when she gets home, though. I think the gravy train of, of um, expectation is about to end for her. But uh, that will be something to be seen. <laughs> We'll see how that works out. Unfortunately, as grandparents, we tend to get let everyone get away with a lot because we want our grandbabies, okay? So the unfortunate part is our children hold the power, and if we're a little too interfering and we're a little too anything, uh, they can keep our grandbabies away from us, and we don't like that. So it'll be interesting to see how much tough love is shown, but like I say, we all do what we need to do to cope, but if you can be more aware of why you have your coping me mechanisms in the first place or why you have the expectations you have, you're going to find it easier to manage the emotional uh, health of yourself and those around you. When I say those around you, it is not your job to be managing the emotional health of everyone around you. But if you are a parent, a, a partner, or a business owner, you do have that right and you do have that responsibility. So unfortunately, you can't walk away from that. Lots of people do. And their marriages fail, their children grow up without any idea, and their businesses fail. 
So you need to make a decision if you want to be successful in those areas of your life that yes, you then, you know, you need to change your mind and become more aware and own it. You know, you just, you just have to own it. So I hope that helps everyone. I'd like you to make a list. What's your expectations? Why do you have them? And do any of them need to change? Are they unrealistic? Did you inherit them from someone? Did they come from a past trauma of childhood? Did something happen to you in a relationship uh, at a crucial point in your life? There's just a lot of things that, that can be driving expectations. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.